Like, it's not right, but it's kind of fun because, you know, I'm not feeling that great about myself, but then I see somebody doing something else, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm better than that person, and it makes me feel better to judge that person. It's wrong, but we do it so often because it, it kind of brings us a little bit of pleasure. I was reading uh, this week a story. It happened back in 2021. There was a, a mother who pulled up to a grocery store. I think it was in Oregon. And she left her car running and ran to the grocery store real quick to get something that she needed. Um, someone saw the car, and uh, which was running, and stole the car. As the, as the person stole the car, he was driving away and he realized the mother had left the car running with a child in a car seat in the back. So the guy turns around, comes back. When the mom comes out, he starts, he starts yelling at the mom for having left her child in the car, makes the mom take the child out, and then takes off with the car again. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, so it is not a good idea to leave your child in a car. It's also not a good idea to, convict, to commit grand theft auto, you know? Like, both of those are bad. And, and as I think of that story, that's the way a lot of us are a lot of times. We look at that person, we're like, oh, I can't believe they do that. And they look at us, oh, I can't believe he did that. And in both cases, we're judging to try to make ourselves feel better, aren't we? It somehow lifts us up. But that's not how we are to treat each other. And we want to look at four things. When we talk about God saying, don't judge each other, there are some uh, responses we get, but, but what about this? But, but what about this? But what about this? But what about this? And we want to talk about four of those excuses. It's such a natural part of us to judge each other. It's wrong, but it's such a natural part. We want to talk about what this passage has to say about four responses to our desire to judge each other when we shouldn't be. So let's start with these four objections. Number one is this, but what if he gets away with it? But what if he gets away with it? And the answer to this passage is don't worry because God will judge. Don't worry because God will judge. One of the things that bothers us when we see somebody doing something that we don't like, and one of the reasons we judge is we kind of feel like if we don't tell them that they're doing something wrong or if we don't act judgmental in that situation, that somehow they're going to get away with it and, and there's not going to be any kind of justice on that. Look at verse 10 with me and then we want to hop down to verse 12. Verse 10 says, You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. Hop down to verse 12 with me for a second. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. So the first thing, going back to verse 10, you then, why do you judge your brother or sister? So we need to acknowledge there that it is not our job to judge. There is somebody else who's in charge of judging, and it's not us, it's God the Father. You know, God is going to take care of the judging someday, so we don't have to concern ourselves with that. God, that job is already taken care of. I don't have to do it for somebody else. God will take care of that. Um, imagine this morning, you know, 11 years ago, I got voted in as the pastor of this church. I've been the pastor for 11 years, and, and um, everybody, like we all we took a vote. Everybody agreed, I'm the pastor. And so I get up here on Sunday morning. Imagine if I stood up here on Sunday morning, and, and this morning somebody gets out of a pew and comes walking up here 
and he takes the Bible from me and he stands up here and starts preaching. And we're like, what are you doing? And he goes, well, I'm, I'm going to be the preacher. And we're like, no, we all agreed. I'm not saying I'm the best preacher or the perfect preacher, but we all agreed I'm going to be the preacher. It's my job. Well, we're doing something similar. When we look at situation, we're like, I'm going to judge that situation. Guess what? We don't need to because it's God's job. God's got it taken care of. He'll do it in perfect justice. We don't need to worry about, well, what if they get away with it? God's going to take care of it. But then look further down in verse 10 and then in verse 12. It says, why do you treat them with contempt? Here it is. For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. Then hopping down to verse 12, so then each one of us will give account an account of ourselves to God. When we think about judging, when we think about judgment, we need to be less concerned about, well, I'm going to judge this person for what they did and try to look down on them. When we think about judgment, knowing as we said a moment ago that God's the one who's going to judge, we need to pay more attention on the fact that we're going to stand before God someday. And we're going to have to give an accounting for how we've done. And so we need to think more about that as it says in those verses, verse 12, so then each one, or I'm sorry, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. We need to pay attention to that and think about the reality of us standing before God. We don't need to spend our time worried about what everybody else is doing wrong. I do enough things wrong that I need to be focused on that and trying to get forgiven for that and walk closer to Christ and be able to go in the direction that He wants me to. I don't need to spend my time judging other people. I've got my own judgment someday standing before God to take care of. Now, I realize as a Christian, this is important to understand, as a Christian, when I stand before God someday, because of what He did on the cross, I'm not going to be judging that moment for heaven or hell because God, Jesus took care of that for me. But we are judged as Christians for rewards. Will we be rewarded or not? And the reality is, I want to live my life in such a way that when I stand before Jesus someday, I hear Him say, well done, good and faithful servant. I, I want to hear that. And so... I need to be focusing on my life and making sure that I'm living the way that I need to and not focused on other people. Second thing is this. There's another objection that we throw out in this. But wouldn't, but wouldn't it be better if he were more like me? Let me pause for a second before we throw that up. So we look at somebody else who's not believing the way that we believe. And we look at them and we know that we understand the Bible better because we, we've grasped whatever. And we look at them and they don't grasp it as well as we do. And we think, wouldn't the world be better if they understood the Bible the way I do? And so if everybody was more like me, wouldn't we be better off? Here's what I think. The hope is for all of us to be more like Jesus. The hope is for all of us to be more like Jesus. Look at verse 11 with me. The hope of the world is not everybody being more like me. Verse 11 says, it is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. Someday, everybody is going to bow, not before me. Everybody's not going to acknowledge that I am Lord. Someday, every knee will bow before Jesus Christ. Someday, Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And that's because Jesus Christ is the one who not only came to earth, humbled Himself, died on the cross, was resurrected from the dead, 
reigns right now at the right hand of God. Jesus is doing all that. Jesus deserves all honor and glory. And the hope of the world, now I want to follow Jesus as well as I can, and I do hope I'm a good example, but the hope of the world is not for everybody to become like Jim Butcher. The hope of the world is for everybody to become like Jesus Christ. And so as we think about that, I shouldn't go and look around and go, oh man, if he just knew more about the Bible so he could become more like me, if he just understood the, the, the situation so he could be more like me. No, the reality is he needs to become more like Jesus just like I need to become more like Jesus. What's the solution? Man, we live in a world that's such a mess. This place is a disaster. Everything's falling apart. What is the hope of the world? Do we need some new government program? Do we need some new educational initiative? What we need is everybody to become more like Jesus. If we had that, that would solve a whole bunch of our problems. If everybody wanted Jesus and became more like Him. And so when we look at that verse, it's a reminder to us that every knee will bow to Christ, every tongue will confess, and that's the hope that we have is for all of us to become more like Christ. And one little final point on that, when I think of that too, I think of Philippians chapter 2, which talks not only about every knee bowing to Him, but it also talks about the fact that when Jesus came into the world, He emptied Himself. He emptied Himself in order to take on human flesh. Jesus was not full of pride and and how great He was, but Jesus was humble. And we need to be humble as well as we come into these situations. Third thing, third objection is this. But does that mean that God is focused on nitpicking our faults? If we're going to stand before God someday, does that mean that God is focused on nitpicking their faults? The larger goal God has, I'm sorry, the larger goal God is focused on is making each of us stand is the larger goal God is focused on is making each of us stand. So we're talking about judgment, and we're talking about God looking upon... You know, We're talking a minute ago about God judging others, and so there's a tendency within that to look upon that, and I understand it because you know we need to understand the, the larger picture of judgment. When we look about that, sometimes we get this picture of God up in heaven, He's looking down, and His goal... Let's take my life, for instance. That, that there's this picture, and a lot of people, especially if you had a father figure who was very harsh towards you and very negative, that this, this view can kind of get, get within your heart, is that God is up in heaven and He's looking down. I'll use myself for an example. So He's looking down on Jim Butcher and He's like, you did that wrong. No, oh, you did that wrong. He did that wrong. You did that wrong. And that God is looking up and His whole goal is to nitpick my faults. Oh, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you did that. What a loser. I can't believe he keeps doing that. Look at verse 4 with me. Because we learn something there about God that, that is really instructive in terms of, of understanding what His goal is. It says, Who are you to judge someone else's servant? Let's pause there for a second. So, let's remind ourselves, going back to an earlier point, um, Bill Cook is not my servant. Bill Cook is the servant of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus Christ is the one that's going to judge him. God the Father is the one that's going to judge him. He's somebody else's servant, so I don't need to be messing with that. I need to just be focused on myself. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? So I'm not to judge others. To their own master, servants stand or fall. So we are each going to be judged by God, and we stand or fall according to, God, according to God's judgment. Here's the thing that's important for us for right this moment. And they will stand. 
for the Lord is able to make them stand. Let's talk about that for a second in my life. So, if my salvation and my ability to get to heaven was based on me perfectly following everything Jesus said to do, I wouldn't make it, would I? I would fall short because even though God came into my life, I still mess up, I still fall short. And yet, that's not the way salvation works. Jesus has come into my life and He has forgiven me, but He's also empowered me to give me the Holy Spirit, to give me the Word, so that He can help me over time to become somebody who is more like Christ, to eventually get into, uh, when I go uh, from this life into the presence of God, to be able to stand before Jesus, not because of how great I am, not because of all I did, but because God, Jesus Christ, not only saved me, but then He empowered me, He continued to sanctify me to the point where someday I can stand before Him, not because of how great I am, but because of how great what Jesus did in me is. What's that mean? Look at verse 4. And they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. I'm going... I'm going to stand before God someday. And I, in that moment, am I going to be able to stand as somebody who is perfectly righteous, who is perfectly holy, who is right with sin taken out? Not because I did everything right and I was able to manufacture that and make that happen. That's going to happen not because of what I did, but because of what Jesus did for me. And therefore, another way to say that is, I'm not going to be able to stand on my own in that moment. Jesus is the one who can make me stand. Jesus is the one who can strengthen me. Jesus is the one who can lift me up. And so to go back to what we said a moment ago, we don't serve a God. As God looks down on me, it's not that He doesn't know I sin and He does want me to clean that up, but as God looks down on me, He's not going, He messed up again, He messed up again, He messed up again. I can't wait to judge that guy. No, instead, God is looking down on me going, Okay, he messed up. How can I strengthen him so that he doesn't do that anymore? He messed up. How can I strengthen him? Because it is God's goal in my life. Not say, look at how many places you messed up. I can't believe how you messed up. It is God's goal in my life to make me stand. And so as we think about that, I don't need to be messing with everybody else, worrying about, well, he did this wrong or she did that wrong, trying to judge everybody else. I just need to be focused on what God is doing in my life knowing that He desires not to look on me and say, you're a mess up, you're a loser, you did terrible, but God is working in my life to make me into somebody who can stand before God someday, not because of how great I am, but because of what Jesus has done in me. And so I want to allow every day more of what God wants to do in me to happen so that I can see that in my life. Fourth thing is this. That all leads us to this. So when we go back to our connection with those around us, but then what am I to do when it comes to those around me? And the answer is this. We should work to not trip up our brother or sister in Christ. We should work to not trip up our brother or sister in Christ. Look with me at verse 13. It says, Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. 
So our goal is not to look around and go, oh, well, you know, I, you did this wrong and to talk harshly to that person. You did that wrong, talk harshly to that person. My goal, because to go back to what we said a moment ago, our goal is for all of us to stand before Christ and that He is working in each of our lives to help us to stand before Christ. And so as I look at somebody else who is walking along in this path, my goal is not to prove that I'm right. My goal is try to make sure that I don't trip them up. Now, we're going to talk next week, the whole sermon next week is going to be out, as we talk about how to encourage our brothers and sisters along. This passage, Romans 14, gives us some great instruction in how we are to encourage our brothers and sisters along. But for now, let's just handle the negative, which is I'm not to trip each other up. And when I spend my time arguing with Bill Cook, I well, you're wrong about this and you're wrong about that, I might be tripping him up. The goal is not for me to stand up here and say, look, I'm right about this and I'm right about that, and so I'm wiser than everybody else. My goal is to try to walk with Jesus Christ as well as I can and encourage my brothers and sisters to walk with Jesus Christ as well as they can. That's the goal. Malcolm Gladwell in his book, Blank, I'll close with this this morning. He tells the story of um, orchestras for a long time didn't do blind auditions. The, the person would come, sit on the stage, and, and do, the, um, do the audition. Um, and then they started, a number of years ago, they started adding screens. So when the person comes out to play, you can't see who's playing. You don't know if he's a, uh, if he's a man or if she's a woman or it, what, what nationality they are. You just, it's just somebody playing. And in this book, he tells the story of, um, there was a, a, an orchestra, I think it was in New York, who was auditioning for um, an instrument that was traditionally known as something that had to be a man who played it. It had to be a man because it just it, the, the, the lungs it took just demanded a man to play was the traditional understanding. So they, they have this screen and this woman comes or this person comes and plays and like plays it perfectly and even at the end held this last little note, a high seat, extra long just to kind of prove I nailed that. And then out from behind the screen walked a woman. And not just any woman, it was a woman who had subbed before for the orchestra. And there was this gasp, not so much that she was a woman, there was a gasp that, like, they had all heard her play before. But they'd never really heard her play before. Um, they hadn't seen who she really was. And... We're so quick to justify ourselves and we're so quick to judge and we look around and, you know, that person's wrong and that person's wrong and that person's wrong. Someday we're going to stand in the presence of God, all of us, with the reality of who we are there for everyone to see. And there are going to be people in this life, oh, you know, she's not as smart as me. Or oh, she, she doesn't go to church as often as me. She, she doesn't do this. She doesn't do that. There are going to be people when we stand before God someday that we're going to see for the first time the way they really are. And there are going to be some people that maybe we look down on in this life who we're going to see how close they really were to Christ and think in that moment, who was I? ever think I should be giving them advice. So quit judging each other. Let's encourage each other and recognize that each of our goals is to walk as close as we can to Christ so that we can stand before Him someday.
which takes us all back to verse 1. When we do that, as verse 1 says, except the one whose faith is weak, without quarreling over disputable matters. How do I not quarrel and judge? If I'm focused on my relationship with God, I don't need to spend all my time quarreling with somebody. Let's pray. Father, help us to focus on our relationship with You and not get distracted by judging others and looking down on others and condemning others. We've got enough to take care of in our own hearts. Help us to focus on that. Father, I pray in Jesus' name.